Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild. Here on this Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm Ashley Sanchez, joined by co-host Aaron Keller in his office, and we are joined by Migratory Bird Staff Specialist Russell Wolstenhume. Russell, it's always good to have you here. It's always good to be here. Thank you for having me again. I, I always enjoy these, as you know. Of course, and today you're actually the waterfowl slash migratory bird staff specialist so, so technically it's the migratory game bird specialist. okay and that that would make it inclusive of all migratory game birds which includes the webless game birds which we're going to talk about some of those today yep and that's why i wanted to introduce you that way because we're going to be talking about pigeons which doves 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 why do i keep calling it pigeon well because they the the names are used interchangeably on a lot of the species so, like for example, on like one of the when you say pigeon, everyone thinks about you know your your typical park pigeon that you see around town on the building tops, and but technically those are called rock doves. That's their uh. official name is rock dove, but pigeon and dove are somewhat interchangeable. Okay, interesting. And before working here at Endow, I didn't even think about there being management of doves and or pigeons right. but, but that actually does <laughs> fall under you <laughs> right but not park pigeons <laughs> yeah so. not park pigeons so what pigeons and doves do you oversee then so so nevada actually has a fair number of of dove species some of them um being introduced nuisance species like the rock dove They're, they were introduced um interestingly they were introduced from the earliest settlers in america and and Canada, um, the, they would bring the early colonists would bring them with them as a food source, and that's how the rock dove or the park pigeon, as we as most people you know know them as just pigeons, got to this country. They were a food source. They were an agricultural animal that were brought here from Europe. So, but um, we have a lot of native species here in the state more than probably most people realize. So most people know. The morning dove, which is a very common native species. We also have um, the Eurasian collared dove, which you can probably surmise by its name. It's an introduced nuisance species. So the Eurasian collared dove and the rock dove, the park pigeon, neither of those have any protections. They're unprotected species, both state and federally. So, But the morning dove is a native species. It has It's protected. We also have white-winged doves. They're more on the southern part of the state, the Las Vegas area. We have um, around here and around Las Vegas, we have two species, and this is the primary thing that I think we're going to talk about today, is the band-tailed pigeon. And then we also have, down in southern Nevada, we get common ground doves and Inca doves. So there's a fair number of, of dove species in the state. And all of those except the rock dove and the Eurasian collared dove are native. Got it. And you oversee all the native species. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. So 
Um, we don't, we don't, there's not a lot of management for common ground doves and Inca doves. There is no open season on those, but I do oversee the rest of those species that I mentioned because there are open seasons except on, on the band-tailed pigeon. There's no open season in Nevada, but they are considered a game species and, and neighboring states like Oregon and California both have open seasons for them. Got it. I feel better now because at first I looked at all my emails too. I'm looking at one right now and I wrote band-tailed pigeon in every single one. And I was like, was I supposed to be calling it a dove the no, whole time? It, it, is a, it is a pigeon. So there's a lot of confusion. One of the biggest the biggest points of confusion that I see, because it's called a pigeon, and for anyone that's never seen one, they're a large pigeon. They're about two and a half times bigger than a morning dove. So they're a very large native dove. But their name, band-tailed pigeon, people hear pigeon, and all they can think of are park pigeons, rock doves. And they're similar in color. They're an overall kind of a slate gray colored bird. And so people, even when they see them, oh, there's a gray bird, and it looks like a pigeon. It must just be a pigeon. But they're these band-tailed pigeons, and they're native to the United States, so the western United States, Mexico, and into Canada. They are the closest living relative of passenger pigeons that were went extinct in the eastern United States. So they're a really interesting bird. They have a broad, light white band across their tail in flight. You can see that band, which is where they got their name, the band-tailed pigeon. On the back of their neck, they have a white, a short white stripe, and then a, a iridescent green nape on their neck. And they're a beautiful bird. They're they're fantastic. I really like them. But people hear pigeon, and even sometimes when they see them, all they can think of are park pigeons. Which for most people, you know, they got a lot of bad names. They get a lot of bad press. Nobody really likes park pigeons. I shouldn't say nobody. Few people like park pigeons because. They're a nuisance species, and they're numerous, you know, and they're on top of buildings, and they're defecating on people's buildings and their property, and sometimes on people themselves, <laughs> and, you know, they're, so, you know, I really want to get the word out there that band-tailed pigeons are not the same thing, and I want to make people aware of what, of what band-tailed pigeons are, because they're a really cool native species. And do we have a lot of them here in Nevada? Yeah, so Nevada is really interesting. So um, the the band-tailed pigeons, their habitat that they prefer is pine forest, high elevation mountainous pine forest. They nest in pine trees. Their diet consists of, of amongst other things, but a lot of pine nuts and a lot of native berries. And so they're really tied to the mountainous. So you know, here in the Reno area and, and down the Carson Range, we get a lot of them. Tahoe Basin has a lot of these birds. Um, Reno gets a lot of them on the along the, the mountain range, on more on the west side of town. Carson City, down as far as Genoa, all gets a fair number of, of these band-tailed pigeons, and they're really cool. And that's there's two known populations of band-tailed pigeons in the United States, the Pacific population, which includes from from us here in the Reno area all the way over to the coast, 
like I said, up, up the coast into Canada and down into Mexico. And then there's an interior population. And they occur largely in Utah, Colorado, and Arizona. But that population spills into Nevada down in the Las Vegas area. And Mount Charleston has a fair number of band-tailed pigeons. So we have both of the different, the distinct populations here in our state. And we're about the only state that has both. Wow. That's so pretty cool. So it kind of follows the outside edge of the Great Basin. Kind of on both sides of. Yeah, it doesn't go up north on the on the eastern side of the state. It doesn't go, although there's sightings up there. These are birds, and they can they can fly. They're mobile, and there are sightings from like Elko County, from from Humboldt County. There's sightings up into Idaho. There's even been sightings into the Dakotas, which aren't isn't where you'd consider the normal range of the population, but they're they can. They're a migratory bird. They can fly, and they they and anything that flies can end up in some some pretty diverse places. Yeah, they don't know that. Right, they, <laughs> they don't know state boundaries. No, they do not appreciate our, <laughs> our our human boundaries that we like to draw circles around things. <laughs> exactly, and that is because Nevada is such a diverse landscape that we're able yeah, to have all, both. All of the mountain ranges and stuff that we have here really really you know lends itself to. Creating there's 318 ranges in Nevada and and I haven't been in all of them but most of them I've been in has some level of of habitat that a band-tailed pigeon could survive in if you know if they found their way there so got it and then you said so the neighboring states have an open hunt season for them do we I'm still confused if we have hunting we do them. not have a hunt for them in Nevada got it okay well we're there's we don't have enough information at this point in time to know whether or not we should be hunting them here in our state. Okay. Yeah, you always have to come down and um, any time we're talking about dove hunting, I always need clarification on which <laughs> one of the doves or pigeons it is. Right. So I just had yeah. to clarify there. So so right now there are, just to clarify, there's open seasons for morning doves and for white winged doves. It always Got starts it. September 1st and runs until October 30th for those two species of doves. Eurasian-colored doves, because they're unprotected, can be hunted year-round with no limits. Okay, and then band-tailed pigeons are just so new, and they're, we're they're, learning more. Yeah, they're protected right now. I can, Got it. Now that you say it like that in a row, I can see why somebody that doesn't hunt could be a little confused on the difference between a band-tail and a white-winged, right? Right, right. No, there's you know there's a lot of confusion there, and, and there's a lot of people that, you know— um, the Eurasian colored doves kind of throws them off a lot of times between those and, and the morning doves. Well, there's a lot of differences for those that recognize them. If you're not that familiar, you know, you could end up with Eurasian colored doves in your bag during the hunt, which is fine, but then stop hunting earlier than you have to because you think you've, you've reached a limit. And then I'm trying to save for the second half all this cool work you're doing. So I'm going to do that. But first, it just seems like you have this newfound passion for band-tailed pigeons every time i see you you mention them which is cool this i love when a biologist gets super passionate about a species yeah you know it's, it's something that i started thinking about a few years ago and and i just the more i thought about it the more i got curious and wanted to know information and so i started started working on a few things and and I've put together a small project that we're just just starting up so Cool. Well, I think this would be a good time to take a break and then we'll come back and get into all 
that in that project you're working on. Perfect. Thank you. Of course. So you are listening to Nevada Wild. We'll be right back after this quick break. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Nevada Wild. Today we are joined by migratory game bird staff specialist, Russell Wollstenhume. Um, Russell, you were telling us all about band-tailed pigeons and um, just your newfound passion for it. So tell us where all of this is heading right now. It sounds like you have some new work going on. Right. So, you know, um, I was just, I got interested in the band-tailed pigeons from work at the Pacific Flyway. We always have have band-tailed pigeon meetings while we're there. We have to meet for every species within within the flyway. So I got interested in them, and I, the more I looked about at them in Nevada, I realized we don't we don't know anything about the species in Nevada, or very little. And so I decided that I wanted to find out more. Well, I need to start with you know, where are these things going? Where are they living? How do, you know where are they spending their time? And I, and I want to find out what seasons of the year they're in Nevada. Do they stay here year-round? They're a migratory bird. Do they migrate out for the wintertime? So these are questions that I, I really couldn't answer on my own. And I also need to find out, like, what's our population look like? How many of them do we really have around here? So the best way to answer all those questions was to put together a project where we put transmitters on these birds so I can start gathering movement data and answer all those questions. So one of the big things with the movement is because I mentioned earlier their diet consists of a lot of pine nuts and a lot of wild berries. So the theory is that their diet leads to a lot of potassium loading in their system. So to counteract potassium loading, they need salt. And so band-tailed pigeons are known to use mineral sites, either mineral springs or or hard mineral sites, to get mineral salts to counteract all the potassium in their diet. And so the primary way that most of the the flyway is monitoring their pigeon populations is you locate these mineral sites, and then they do uh, one day a year, all of the, the flyway states on that same day go to these mineral sites, and they do a count to get a, a relative density of pigeons in the in the flyway. So that's what I'm looking for. I want to find these mineral sites so that we can we can join the survey and start getting more information about how many of them we have. Yeah, so have you actually started doing this and doing um, – have you identified sites and started doing projects so on them? I have started identifying trapping sites. Okay. So that's a big part of it. I need, I need locations where I can trap them. So these birds spend most of their time up on the mountain. So finding trapping sites in wild locations is difficult because in order to, to trap them, you have to pre-bait, sometimes for weeks in advance, to get the birds coming into that site. And so if I go to a remote location up on the mountains, I'm going to be driving out to that site for a couple hours every day and, and doing my baiting and driving home, and I'm going to be spending more than half of my time just baiting sites. Because of that, I am looking for 
trapping locations in urban areas, i.e. people's backyard feeders. So right now I have a few sites I've started. Um, two of them I have a lot of pigeons coming into, and I've banded pigeons from both of these locations, trapped them, I caught them. Right now I'm just putting leg bands on them because I'm still in the phase where I'm trying to find locations where I want them spread out from North Reno all the way down to Genoa. So I'm trying to find all these locations spread out along along that entire area so that when I have these trapping locations and I'm in the process now of acquiring the transmitters and what they are is they're called a backpack transmitter. So they're little tiny 9-gram transmitters that have a solar panel, so they're solar-powered, and we put them like a little backpack on the birds and then let the birds go with these. And it's cell phone technology when they have cell tower connection the system calls and downloads its data and so it will give me locations i can get locations as frequently as every five seconds if i want it that fast or once a month i mean i'll i'll probably do every five to ten minutes so that i can i can track where their movements are so i can find these mineral sites because that's my primary objective but i'll also find out you know the areas that they're nesting in, the areas they're feeding in, the areas that, I mean, this the seasonality, what total areas they're in. Right now, I know that they're on the Carson Range in the Reno area, and there's a fair number of them on the Pine Nut Range. So they've they've moved farther inland than I inland, <laughs> farther into the state mm-hmm. than I thought they were originally. But I'm I'm finding out more already, which is the point of biological research. Yeah, that's super interesting. It's um funny. I can't help it. This is a really cool project, but it is funny to picture little birds backpack. with little backpacks <laughs> <Right>. on it. <laughs> Do they even feel them? Or are they just super tiny little? Yeah, they're they're light them? enough. They're so small. I mean, it's like anything. It's like when you first put like a ring on your finger. Mm-hmm. For the first day or two, you know, it's it's an irritation. Mm-hmm. But then you get used to it and you move and you move past it. So they're small enough and light enough. Uh, and this is a requirement of of the federal bird banding lab when we get permitted to do this type of work. And, and I had to go and get a special permit to do this work. Mm-hmm. So um, th- they have to be small enough that they're not a problem. They're, they're not going to shorten the bird's life. They're not going to impede it in any way in its daily activity. So that's why they're, I mean, nine grams is, is tiny. tiny. Yeah. 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 No, that's. That's a really cool project. So what what are you needing to continue this work? Well, I have some I have some locations where I am banding in people's backyards at their feeders. And that way I don't have to do the pre-baiting. The homeowners are just putting bait out that I've been providing for them that is a, a very good attractant for these birds. And they put it out and when they start seeing a lot of birds, I can go to their right to their backyard and set up a trap and and capture some some pigeons and get the markers on them that I need. And so right now I'm just I'm still looking for locations. So anybody out there that is getting band-tailed pigeons on a regular basis in their backyard, contact us here at the department and let me know and I'll I'm, I'm happy to to come out and see if the site's going to work for me. Okay, see so that's there's an aspect where the Public right. could even right. help you in this research. Citizen science helping Citizen out. Citizen science. Yeah, then I was trying to picture, so once you put the backpacks on, how often do you think they're visiting the mineral sites? Like, do, you have, do you have a guess? Do they go every day? Or they they, they tend to go every day yeah. to get to get these minerals. And um, 
that's what the other states are saying. It's daily visitations. And so that's the reason why they're using those locations for the population surveys, because they know they're going to come to that location. Whereas feeding sites, they vary those. You know, they might go someplace. They don't go every day to the same feeding sites. So, but with the mineral sites, they're going to those locations every day. So that makes it the ideal spot. And then, so when is the count that you do at the mineral sites? It's it's usually in yeah, it's an annual count usually in early summer. Is okay. So you're hoping maybe by next summer to be able to yeah well start, well this like long this is the, yeah so so this summer I'm finding banding locations mostly because I just got the funding for our our new fiscal year that just started so I still need to order the transmitters and those that's going a process is going to take several months to get those transmitters in so I won't have them for this summer so next summer I will start putting the transmitters out on the birds and then it's going to take you know there'll be a year or two of of data collection before we can really start pinpointing these these mineral site locations so my long term goal on this also right now I'm working just in the, in the greater Reno area. But my hope is, is that I can expand this down to Las Vegas on the on the Mount Charles, mm-hmm. uh, excuse me, Mount Charleston <laughs> down there. <Yeah. laughs> and we don't even have a Mount Charles. Mount Charleston <laughs> and, and collect data down there and do the exact same thing down there eventually. It's really cool to work at the department and see projects like this getting started from the beginning because we have a lot of ongoing projects that have been happening for years but this is one we're just we're watching it begin begin right now yeah and, and i'm excited <laughs> about it you know i yeah. it's something that's that is going to be pretty cool information and i and I, I hope that we get you know public interest in this and people want to know more about it as we go yeah it is, it is very interesting it's also very interesting how far ahead you've had to plan so, mm-hmm. and you're talking about years down the road before you realize any of the it, that information. Is, right, that is wildlife work. So I started I started my early planning last summer. I started I found I got my first trapping site last summer and we banded band-tailed pigeons, the ones we that we put leg federal leg bands on last summer. There had been one band-tailed pigeon ever banded in Nevada prior to wow. last summer. And it was uh, a USGS group out of California came over and they banded one pigeon and they put a transmitter on it, ironically. And then for whatever reason, their, their project got pulled back mostly into California and they never came back. But they did, they did get data off of that one pigeon for only a four-month period before their transmitter failed. It was an older style transmitter and hopefully I don't have those problems. But I mean, it's yeah. electronics, you never know, but... But that was one pigeon with one old transmitter, and you still got information out right, of it. Right, still got information so out of it. So I, the possibilities are endless with right, what you could right. get. From. So if I get a bunch of transmitters out, we should get a lot of really great data. So what we need right now is for people to reach out to you if they are seeing. Actually, it could be fun for people. Keep an eye on your feeder and see what birds you're right, seeing. Right, right. And then give us a call, and then next summer is when you would um, do the trapping or... Well, I've, I've already started doing trapping, so if people contact me now, I, I can... There's still trapping season left this, this summer. Okay. You know, so if I get some good sites going. Yeah, so I know you already told us, but what is like a good site? Can you explain that in... Yeah, so so basically, somebody that has a backyard feeder, um, what 
what I'm looking for typically are platform feeders. If people don't have them, but they're getting, they're seeing band-tailed pigeons, I can provide a platform feeder. But they like to feed off of platform feeders, and then someplace where there's an open spot on the ground, my my trap I use is called a bonnet, and it sits on the ground, and it's about four feet around. So I need a spot at least four feet, and I've got to stake it to the ground. So you know where there's not sprinkler lines or something, I don't want to you know destroy somebody's property, where we can spread bait onto the ground, and get these birds to land on the ground from for the use of my trap. Um, and they're frequently seeing band-tailed pigeons coming in. You know, if they're already seeing them, that's a great start. It's really, it's, and it's mostly this people on the western side of, of, like I said, Reno, and, and. Carson City and and we've got them going through down through Jacks Valley all the way down to Genoa. And then it's is it the urban interface or is it like actually down in the city? Well. We get sightings of them across the city, right. um, but they tend to be like I said. They don't. They don't typically tend to fly too far away from the mountain range because that's that's where they're roosting and nesting is is up on you know in the pine trees on the on that. But we do have them like I said down in Carson City on the pine nut range. There's a lot of them, so that's all the way across the valley onto the next mountain range. So, so I mean they are flight capable. They they'll go they'll go anywhere. So anywhere people are seeing them right now. I have an established trapping location in Mogul. So really what I'm looking for is something more in the south part of Reno. I'm looking for anything in, in Carson City. Um, I'm, I need some place in Jacks Valley would be good. I, I have a potential site there, but it hasn't totally like fleshed out yet. And then I have a potential place in Genoa. So I'm still trying to see if that one pans out. Yeah, so it doesn't hurt if people reach out though. No, no, the, the more the merrier. I would rather I would rather spread these transmitters out as far as I can, and that way I'm not sticking a bunch of them in the same population of birds. Exactly. So, any final that podcast went really quick because that was a really interesting one. <laughs> um, is there any final words of wisdom you want to give on the band-tailed pigeon? You know, just I I, I hope that people hear this and go what is a band-tailed pigeon and go look at it and they start making the distinguish the distinguishing between rock doves park pigeons and band-tailed pigeons and realizing they're two separate species one's native one's introduced and and not having not associating the bad the bad thoughts of park pigeons rock doves to band-tailed pigeons i know that i will now call them rock doves when i see them and i will correct people who call them pigeons so you got one person <laughs> on I your side oh yeah we're working don't put a deadline yeah. on that because russell and i are going to work on a graphic that shows all the different types so in the next few weeks keep an eye out for that whenever we yeah, get that that'll, done that'll be great. that will be a good one well thanks again russell that was super interesting very informative and we switched it up a little can we go an hour <laughs> sure let's keep talking <laughs> usually you're talking ducks so next half hour we'll talk ducks just kidding that will be a future <laughs> podcast <laughs> so anyway well thank you russell and thank you everyone for listening that does it for this week's nevada wild
us again next week for our next adventure, Nevada Wild. It's a production of the Nevada Department of Wildlife. <laughs>